Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 168, and I am Andy, and this is my show, and Marco's here for some reason. Hey everyone, <laughs> 168 <laughs> man, that's fucking amazing. You're a machine. You're a machine or an animal, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm an animal from the future who has arrived in some sort of laser sphere <laughs> to... Kill Sarah Connor. So I don't even. I, I'm trying to find a metaphor here, and I can't do it. Well, it wasn't even that long. I did episode 100, and um, I was pretty impressed because he had Laser Hawk on there, and um, it was a great interview. And um, it just seems like it wasn't long ago at all. So, hey man, these these anniversaries come up quick. The, you know, the older you get, the uh, the faster time flies. <laughs> and then sooner or later, we'll be living in the future war, and then I will be sent back in time to. Kill Sarah. O- I always want to say Sarah O'Connor. Why? I wonder why that is. That's always O'Connor. Yeah, I know. Like it's it's weird. My my instinct is always to say O'Connor. I've seen the movies like thousands of times. That's not true, but I've seen them a lot. And uh, I don't know why I always want to say O'Connor. Maybe it's uh, Irish. Could be. Yeah, that, that sounds Irish. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, let's uh, listen. Anyway, there's a we have a lot to do this week, and I'm going to explain why you're here. But first, we're going to listen to some music. So, what am I going to play here? Uh, here's a cool track from. Uh, let's play a Straylight track. Uh, this one's called "Chasing the Light" from the album "Carry Us to the Stars," and it's cool, man. This is Straylight.
And that was Stray Light with the track Chasing the Light. And that's a cool song that's brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. Let's just see if there's any updates here. Um, we got a new Patreon supporter here, Joe Loke. Loke, is that how you say it? Joe Loke? Or is it Loke? Loke. Anyway, Joe, uh, thanks for uh, supporting Beyond Synth. You're a cool guy, Joe. And if I said your name wrong, you let me know. And uh, Mads Baron Christensen has upgraded his support. <laughs> I, I play a little Sorry. sound effect when that happens. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's now uh, in the $10 club, and uh, we'll be hearing from him when I do my uh, listener call-in show. And that's uh, coming up in a little bit. So what's what's been going on with you? I'm not just getting ready for winter. It's getting a little bit cooler here. I don't want to talk about the weather all the time, but uh, obviously being from Australia and moving... To North America, it is a big deal because it's going to be my first northern winter uh, in about 30 years. Northern winter. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get ready for it as best I can. I've got some big-ass boots. And I'm, uh, I've got to go buy a coat. I still haven't bought one yet, but like a big fucking trench coat or something like that. Winter hat and gloves, which you never wear in Australia. So, um, no, it's cool. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm scared at the same time. Well, you know, just uh, you hang out inside a lot and it gets dark real fast and then you uh you end up getting tired at like 5 p.m because it get, really? like it gets dark super early in the winter time i don't know what the australian mm, what happens fuck. in australia like well it, in the in the middle of winter like uh, the winter solstice it's probably the sun comes up probably around uh, about 7 a.m and then it goes down at about 5 36 p.m so that's the shortest day is probably about uh what 10 hours or so okay so it's similar here i think though in the deepest part of winter it kind of starts to even slowly get dark or I, w- I would say even like 4 30 well i think where where i live currently there's hills around us so i think you get even less sunlight if you know what i mean so it's kind of a bit of a prick but <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get used to it and then you, you just hibernate you know mm. you put on those gloves and those big ass boots and you uh sit in the dark <laughs> well i'm looking forward to halloween though <laughs> i like that. i like that laugh <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to Halloween at least. I'm going to change the subject. Halloween really isn't celebrated very much in Australia. Like, it just isn't like it is here. I mean, I don't know about Canada, but I know US, like, everybody um, really decorates the front of the house and people really go trick-or-treating and all that. And it's really cool to see. I mean, there's so many fucking pumpkins anywhere. You can't even find pumpkins in Australia. Like, it just it's really rare to sell a pumpkin in a store. Like, you might get pieces cut and people, like, stores will uh, sell portions to cook and eat, but nobody decorates them or uses them uses them for aesthetic purposes so it's really cool i'm really enjoying it carving a pumpkin is a lot harder than it seems like it would be like whenever i see pumpkin carving like people who are good at it i always go like oh i could carve a pretty sweet pumpkin and then the second like the moment you stick the pumpkin carving knife in you're like oh no this is gonna be (laughs) a lot harder than it looks (laughs) maybe the thing is i'm always using cheap tools Mm -hmm. you know like dollar store fucking pumpkin knives that basically just like fold and snap in half and just like i thought this thing was made of metal and it's like whatever probably need like a scalpel a surgical scalpel (laughs) (laughs) so what i want to do here is i want to explain so today there we're doing a lot of stuff today so what's gonna happen is basically i've been doing a lot of new segments with people last week we had computer magic on doing her what's your plan segment which which I have to make a correction for because I think we conflated Xenogear Saga with the Xenoblade games and then uh, some nerds came at me because Xenoblade and Xenogears are not the same thing. 
<laughs> D- Dan's was just guessing. She was just like, I said, does this have anything to do with Xeno Gears? And she's like, maybe. And uh, Or maybe she said yes. I don't remember. The point is, she doesn't know. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> now, the second thing, we're going to have Color Theory on the show later for his segment. We're going to start doing the Florence Star Trek segments this episode because I was going to put them all in one ep. You know what? I'll explain this. I want to listen to more music. Do you have a song? Sorry, <laughs> I'm in the middle of a sentence, but I'm like, that's uh, okay. That's I'm, I'm boring myself. Talk about Halloween. Uh, I do have a track here um, to get everybody in the mood. It's a track from Stills and Renz Wild, the duo called Midnight Maniacs. They've got uh, a horror synth album coming out just in time for Halloween, and I think this is the lead track off it called Beast Within. All right, this is Beast Within by Midnight Maniacs.
And that was Midnight Maniacs with the track The Beast Within. Uh, getting you ready for Halloween. That was Marco's pick. Do you get many trick-or-treaters at your place, Andy, or not? In my town I grew up in, we got uh, trick-or-treaters, but my dad's house is an old Victorian house, and it's pretty scary, and there's not a lot of lights on the outside. So it's funny that on Halloween, I think my like my house to the outside actually looks scary. It's too scary even for... <laughs> That's hilarious. Which is pretty awesome. I should point out, before we get carried away, here that that uh, song was brought to you by my lovely uh, Patreon supporters. Uh, there's Jacob Wick with the 4488. Uh, he is the best. He's a really cool guy. And then there's uh, Clint Dowling uh, heading up the $25 club. Did I mention that I met him at uh, the Midnight Show? I think I did. I bump into one patron supporter. Uh, last week I saw Ken Giroux at um, FM84. That's awesome. Okay, so let me just explain. And we'll get back to Halloween. Technically, I'm doing a Halloween show next week. Like, we're actually going to do one. Mm-hmm. So, I've recorded all these segments, right? With with computer magic, with color theory. I watched a whole bunch of Star Trek and talked about it with Florence. And we ended up talking for two hours and we're not done. And I also have all these interviews. And the season, like season six of Beyond Synth, is going to end soon. Mm. You know, we're two months away from Christmas. Yep. And since I'm such a disorganized guy, I want to have all of the stuff that I've recorded... I want it out this year so that when we start season seven of Beyond Synth, we start it fresh. I might change up the format of the show a bit, and I don't want to be bogged down by, you know, not uh, not necessarily bogged down is the right phrase, but, you know, <laughs> I've got I've got all this stuff that I've recorded, right? I mean, I, I had a quick chat with The Midnight when they were in Toronto. Uh, we recorded with FM84. I've recorded a whole bunch of interviews with a bunch of people, and I, I don't want to push any of them till next season. Like, I kind of want to do them all this season. Hmm. And so now the problem is I just have this folder that's so scattered, like, because of my disorganized nature, where I keep forgetting, like, did I play that segment? What do I do with the Florence stuff? Or do I, should I break it up? I mean, like, am I going to do, like, a fucking four-hour Star Trek show? Like, I don't think I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I'm just trying to find a place for all the things and make sure we get to them all. So that is what is going on. And the reason why you're here okay. is to make it easy on myself. Instead of doing Keeping It 80s, with Marco, as we usually do, you're just going to be here from now on for all the in-between stuff for the rest of the That's season. cool. It's like I've been promoted and I'm almost like co-hosting now, you yeah. know, instead of just having a little segment. It's kind of cool. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. So you're just going to be here. Um, I mean, when I cut away to the interviews, you're not going to be here. But I mean, you'll be here for like, I refer to this as the wrap around. This is what I record okay. when, you know, when the I reach do, around. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually do call it the wrap around. That's what I call my files. So oh, that makes sense. You know, when, when I do an interview, I do a segment, and then I record all the stuff in between, usually closer to when the show airs. So yeah. that's what's going on. So so today um, we're just doing a bunch of segments. Uh, I have to talk to a bunch of people and that's what we're going to do. And the other thing is hopefully this time, I know last year you didn't get to give yourself much of a break um, at the end of the season. I know you had a lot of work to do. Then you had to do video state of ting and all sorts of other shit. Mm. So hopefully this time, you know, you can give yourself a little bit of a break too because you got to relax, Andy. I don't want to sound like, you know, I don't want to mother you, but I worry about you sometimes, man. It's a big workload, you know? Yeah, you're my favorite mill. <laughs> I don't even have any kids. Come, <laughs> I, the joke doesn't even make sense. You said you didn't want to mother me. <laughs> anyway, I <know>. look, <laughs> I, know. I know, right? My brain, my anyway. brain is already frazzled. Yeah, I'm not really with it either. So, what's going to happen is this: on today's show, 
We are going to have a quick catch-up with Retro Revolutions. We're going to do a quick catch-up. Well, I guess not a catch-up. We'll be meeting Pattern Shift. Now, he's a guy who's been sponsoring the show. I'm going to be talking to him later in the season for a full episode, cool. but he just had an album drop. I'm going to talk to him for a few minutes. Then we're going to do Color Theory segment. Then we're going to do part one of talking to Florence about Star Trek. So it's going to be a jam-packed show with a lot of stuff, man, and we're going to fucking get right to it. I'll try to shut up then and not speak too much. <laughs> I get excited. <laughs> so how about this? Let's listen to uh, one more track, and then we'll fucking start uh, getting into this shit, man. All right. All right. Here's a cool one from uh, The Abyss. This track is called Passing Through. That was weird intonation. This Yeah, it was kind of a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll try again. This is The Abyss with the track Passing Through.
And that was Passing Through by The Abyss. And that's a cool track that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $25 Club, Lucas Ceballos and Chris Williams. Uh, They're cool people. And you're a cool guy too, Marco. Most of the time. (laughs) (laughs) When you're not busy fighting with people on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. I try and distance myself from a lot of like the Facebook drama, and I love that you just go right in there. Well, not always. I think I'm getting a little bit better with it. I think mm-hmm. the key, <laughs> I think the key is to stay off Facebook. Like, yeah, I think you've told me. I think I've learned a lot from you because you say like you just don't even look at your feed most of the time, and if you don't, then you don't get drawn into anything. Because mm. I'm like one of those people I see it, and I'll be like, nah, I'm not going to comment. Fuck it, you know, whatever. And then I'll be well, start dwelling on it. And I'm like, you know, what? fuck it. <laughs> it's like, and then, <laughs> and then before I know it, I'm on it all night back and forward and you know you don't really achieve anything from it it's kind of silly but i guess the key i've learned from you is is just some nights just don't even look at your feed just don't even fucking look at it that's the one thing i can say i've actually stuck to because i just run a plug in that blocks it yeah and so i have not looked at my feed so i only see it if people tag me and stuff and then even then people tag me and stuff that has nothing to do with me yeah it'll just be like you know like it'll tag me and like 80 other people i hate that shit i do too i'm not a fan of that (laughs) i hate group tagging unless there's a real reason for it yeah, no, it's uh, there's there's no reason. Um, <laughs> all right, look, uh, let's go. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Pattern, or I am. Uh, I'm going to do a quick little chat with Pattern Shift. We're going to meet him and listen to one of his songs because he has an album coming out. So uh, I'm going to go chat with Pattern Shift. All right, so we got a little update here with uh, Pattern Shift. Because you got a new album that just came out today, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. A new album of Vascania Prime. So, what does that word mean? <laughs> uh, so, Vascania is kind of taken from sort of ancient Mediterranean mythology about the evil eye and the cursing power of the gaze or the evil eye. It's kind of linked into the world building for uh, the setting that Vascania Prime is. So, Vascania Prime is sort of like a sci fi synthwave i guess kind of a concept album thing it's basically everything is part of an original story or universe setting i know this is a terrible tangent but the word gaze when you hear it said versus when you read it (laughs) (laughs) yep so the phrase right the power the power (laughs) of the gaze (laughs) to, to my ear it's like I know what you mean. I know we're talking the G A Z E version, yep. or G A Z for you Yanks. Yeah, you're yeah you're in the states, right? That's correct. Yep, I'm in Colorado. Yes, I, I am correct in referring to you as a Yank. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I mean, I kind of, <laughs> you know, of course, if you call somebody a Yank, you got to be careful of like which northern or southern U.S. Oh, that's side true. I guess yeah. It, does is, from. does Yank assume more southern? Uh, he was a Yankee. Y- Yank assumes like more northern, right? So the the southerners would refer to the northerners as yanks as well but i oh. you know it's all kind of old you know, <laughs> yank speaking Wait. of unfortunate words anyways yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right so look the bottom line is this you got a, a new album coming out and it's uh it's out today i think as of the airing of this show i played a few pattern shift songs the past few months and it's some cool stuff so let's uh listen to this track man and then uh, we should say that we're gonna do a full proper show in a few months where we'll talk to you and and meet you i guess we're technically meeting you officially now yeah i guess you're officially meeting me now as much as hearing my voice for a little bit is meeting me well it's kind of meeting you right 
That's how I meet people. It's how meeting works in this day and age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you like something somebody says a few times, you know, you retweet it, and then you, you hear their voice, and you've met them. Yeah, and then we're best friends. Isn't that how it works? Yeah, if we see each other in public, yeah, awkwardly, best yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Cool. Well, what song uh, are we going to listen to? The song is Title Lock. It sort of like, sets the tone for the album. Cool, man. Well, this is uh, Title Lock by Pattern Shift, and uh, we're going to go listen to that, and then we'll uh, we'll talk to you again in a few months' time. Talk to you then.
right, and that was Title Lock by Pattern Shift. And don't forget to check out Pattern Shift on Bandcamp. And we will uh, get to know that guy in a few months' time when we get to that. But he's a really interesting guy because I recorded with him and then in the halfway through the conversation then it just turns out it's just like he like fucking fences and he does like judo and shit and mountain climbing. Fencing. and like Yeah, like wow. there's all this stuff and I was it, it, it got funny after a while because I'm like, wow, like you do a lot of shit. So you can look forward to that. And uh, I'm back here with Marco. Hello, Marco. Hey, thanks for having me back <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun so what you, you got some halloween plans uh not particularly to be honest we sort of live in the country so there won't be too many trick-or-treaters i don't think um we've had any in a couple of years i don't think jazzy has so so sadly uh we won't be expecting anybody but we've got some treats ready just in case what kind uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, we got a lot of M and M's and Kit Kats actually uh, white uh, what do you call it um, white chocolate Kit Kats which are really nice we don't have them in Australia they're fucking so good I've been eating them all though so yeah that's I I, my Jazzy stashed them so I fucking eat them all before Halloween Jesus Christ I'm so no bad. that's that's exactly what happens to me man it's the fucking it's the worst. <laughs> It was so great here. Yeah, there's a lot of different chocolates and stuff, so it's really cool. Uh, candy, chocolates, it's it's all different. So it's like being a kid again. Oh yeah, and once and when they're in bite-sized form, like I can just eat just the bowls of it. You know, like I just I can't stop. <laughs> Although I've actually been pretty good because I was trying to cut back on my sugar, even though it's not doing anything. Nothing's changed. What do you mean, like weight-wise or how you feel? or Everything. I thought, like, cutting back sugar would be like, <laughs> oh, like, my heart will feel better and I'll lose this belly and all this stuff. And pop is the one thing I actually effectively quit. Mm-hmm. Soda pop. I, we just call it pop up here. But, like, I, I have not had a pop, a pop. since last December. Oh, shit. In too much time, it'll be, up, it'll be up a year. The whole point of quitting pop was to not drink the sugar and I don't like a fucking diet pop because that tastes I was like... about to ask you about that yeah if whether diet whether you have that no yeah the drinking diet pop to me just it, it gives the feeling in my mouth like I just drank like baking soda and vinegar or something like just the, the weird foaminess of it it's just like <laughs> blah, blah. Blah, blah. I do that I go blah, 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 blah. you used to it I guess blah, 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 blah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was like, go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know what, what what that was. Okay, do you want to play me another song? Yeah, i got an awesome new track here uploaded by New Retro Wave just a couple of days ago. It's called The Bad Dreamers with Who You Run To. And this is The Bad Dreamers with Who You Run To.
And that was the Bad Dreamers with Who You Run To, Marco's second pick of the week. We're having a lot of fun here today. Always, always. I just wanted to mention that I love uh, I love your everything wrong with videos that you're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, I should tell people to go watch those. Uh, but first, I should mention uh, that that song was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Emilio Astevez, Christian James, and Mike Shima in the $25 Club. You guys are all awesome. And you know what? You can support Beyond Synth like these awesome people by going to patreon.com slash beyond synth man keep the lights on yeah in this studio because it needs lights even Emilio Estevez is fucking donating yeah, yeah. come on people <laughs> come in, I'm, in the, I'm in the dock here <laughs> so how about this um, I'm gonna go chat with Retro Revolutions quickly and do a little update so how about you uh, hang tight and I'll, and I'll be back. I'll chill here on ice, mate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go chat with uh, Retro Revolutions. All right. Well, we're here doing a little retro few minutes with uh, Retro Revolutions. Jared, how's it going, man? Oh, uh, yeah. Good, Andy. How you been, mate? I've been great. <laughs> that sounded real, uh, real genuine. I'm a real genuine guy. <laughs> So look, yeah. you're uh, you're Jared. You you have the YouTube channel Retro Revolutions, where you mod like old consoles and stuff. We, I thought we'd talk a bit about the actual projects you sort of worked on because when I used to do these plugs uh, for Retro Revolutions, I had some listeners who you know they didn't really understand what it was that was going on over there, and then some of them messaged me like you know like a year in or six months later, going like, "Oh, I finally checked out that YouTube channel," like, and they really liked it, but I I, I don't think they got it total sense of what it is that was going on there so like what are some of the previous projects that you've worked on for uh, like that you've shown on your channel probably the biggest one that got the most traction was november last year where we completed the sony psp which as you probably know is the handheld version of the playstation 2 had its own unique library and um we managed to consoleize that into a ps2 shell give it a tv output and a controller input so you could actually Put your, basically it was a PlayStation 2 that you could put the PSP games into, um, which was the first one to actually be done in the world and documented and all that sort of stuff. So that really, really took off. There was a Sega Game Gear, which was consolized. Um, I'm doing one still currently finishing for Marco Merrick, where we're putting a PS2 inside a stereo. So like, essentially it's a working stereo system and you plug your controller and power it up and you put a CD into the top of it and um, it'll play your PlayStation 2 games as well. well. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And the Kallax Mega Drive, which I can't tell you too much about, but there's uh, a lot more going on than just a Mega Drive in that, which is a Genesis for use over there, I think. Mm-hmm. We got a HDMI N64, so you can plug that into your modern TVs and it gives you upscaled HDMI graphics. Quite a few Nintendo and Super Nintendo mods and... Just uh, pretty much anything you can think of lately, we've been doing it as long as it's retro and pushing the old consoles to the limits, we'd kind of do it. So with the console version of the Sony PSP, did you end up putting that in a in just a regular PlayStation console or like... Yeah, in the PS2 Slim. Uh, basically gutted everything out of it though and um, turned it into like a PSP... All that went in, inside the PS2 shell. So essentially, it looks like a PS2. So where did that system go? Miami, Florida. A friend of mine um, who runs a big YouTube channel. Later on this year, we're doing like a catch-up episode on it. Going to go through all the specs, and he's going to do some like live streaming with the system. Okay, cool. So we're holding out a bit to that. Yeah, yeah. And um, 
it's going to go on a few um, big shows later on and um, I think there's going to be for you and people that aren't so tech savvy there's going to be a plug and play mod kit that you can just plug some stuff into the ports in the system and it gives you the same effect for the handheld so you could just buy the little kit for like 40 bucks and you've basically got it with a controller and some other stuff can go into it and you can put it on the TV what? What do you mean? How? I don't. I don't understand. Well, all the stuff I've done, I've condensed and put into a little circuit board now, so you can basically it'll be like a little box that plugs into the bottom of the system, so you don't have to modify it at all, but you can still have the same effects that I had with the with the original one. This is specifically with the Sony PSP. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's going to be a little box that plugs into a PlayStation Two that allows you to play the PSP games on the television. Yeah, it'll be like a portable disc drive for the. For the UNDs. Okay, I got you. Because not everyone wants to rip their systems apart or spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on modding a system, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you might just like to plug it in and go, you know? That makes sense. I've had a lot of uh, horrible history with uh, opening up electronics. Yeah. Anyways, look, it was good talking to you. People should uh, check out Retro Revolutions on YouTube. Retro Faith Games on Twitter. Was Retro Revolutions taken? Yeah, I'm annoyed about that one. Uh, when I started it out, I didn't really think about the name. Now I can't change it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man, it's all good. Uh, well, listen, it was good talking to you, and we'll uh, we'll talk again uh, next week. Yeah, thanks, man. Take it easy, buddy. All right, and that was Jared from Retro Revolutions. Always fun chatting with him. That segment, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $25 Club. There's Joey and Kendra and Gregorio Franco. And if you think Gregorio Franco is cool, then tune in next week to the Beyond Synth Halloween show, where my guest will be (laughs) Gregorio Franco. So that solves that. I'm actually looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to hearing from him. His new album's good, man. We, We listened to a few tracks from him. And it's a, it's a good time. Jared wanted me to play this track. And it was a track I was going to play anyways because it is actually uh, very good. Uh, so sometimes, you know, because Jared, he's always like, because he sponsors the show. And he's like, I want to like mm-hmm. pick some songs. And I'm always like, sure. And then I always forget. <laughs> but today, we're actually going to play one. And so I saw this on my Facebook the one day because someone was on there, um, a singer called Jesse Fry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, should I know who she is? I was like, why is she in my like recommended friends thing? And then I clicked and then she does this song. Song, uh, featuring Time Cop, and I was like, oh, this song's fucking really good, and it's called Faded Memory. Jared wants to listen to it, but I want to listen to it too, because it is a very good track. This is Jesse Fry featuring Time Cop 1983, and this is Faded Memory.
And that was Faded Memory by Jesse Fry, featuring Time Cop. 1983, and that's a cool track. If you go to her YouTube page, you can see she also has a, an acoustic version, which is fun. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. In the $15 Club, there's Ken Jeru, Hampus ML, and with the $14.95, Chatterack. And uh, I met Ken Jeru at the FM84 show last week in Toronto. You've been a busy man, Andy. Yeah, I meet one person per show. That's my... That's <laughs> yeah, well, you don't normally go to many shows, but you've been to you've been to a couple uh, recently, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, uh, this week, uh, the, these past few weeks have been uh, a lot of fun mm. for shows, and FM84 was really good. Yeah. So I had a really good time. I got to meet uh, Ollie and finally met uh, Colin in person. He's, uh, you know, he's still a Beyond Synth supporter, which is great, and also he makes wicked music, and so that was a lot of fun. Uh, Ollie's great. He's so fun to watch, that guy. He's a great performer. Awesome. And then we recorded in this weird, on like the fifth floor of an office building with the lights off, um, mm, which is a weird story that I will tell when mm. I air that interview, because <laughs> basically okay. we needed a quiet place to record because they played at a club that's changed. So it used to be called Adelaide Hall. It's called something else now. It's in the entertainment district in Toronto. Now they're switching it over to be like some kind of like dance club or something. Mm. And so after they did the show, they had like a hard out where like everyone had to be out of there by like 10.30 or something because then they switched the place over to be like a dance club or something, which was weird. But also it's funny because at the midnight show, I complained because it was too late because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, they're, they're going on at midnight. Like I'm an old band. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, like go on at seven so I can go to bed. And then FM84, they, they went on early. So Michael Oakley opened for him and he was fun. Sick. And yeah, he did a good job. And then they went on. And then we had to find a quiet place as they were turning the place into a a dance club. So a lady who was helping out, she took us to the fifth floor of like this office building that was just down the street. And she couldn't figure out how to work the lights. We just basically sat in the dark <laughs> and like recorded <laughs> when we recorded. And it was funny. Like it was like we're in the dark and like Ollie's just laying on a table and like it was like it was a lot of fun. And then uh, as we're leaving, he was just lying on the table anyway. Well, yeah. he was resting his voice. And then right. and then as we're leaving, some dude with a suit just walks in, presses one button, and just activates the office. Oh my god! <laughs> so the whole time, like the lady couldn't turn on the lights, and the dude walks in, flips the switch, and then just everything turns on, and like right. she just had to hit. The that one but anyway it was funny <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do now we're gonna listen to another track and then i'll chat with color theory Alrighty, that sound cool with you sounds good with me all right man sounds good i'll do that again sounds good to me <laughs> yes yeah, it's very important that we take <laughs> that again me, no. not to me <laughs> oh, oh, of all the flubs that Whatever. need to be corrected that was like the most important one like this this show is gonna fall apart if <laughs> I- <laughs> wait what the fuck did marco say with me <laughs> i am canceling my subscription <laughs> Oh, dear. I did get one of those. Well, okay, well, I'll, t- I'll talk about that afterwards. All right, here's a cool <laughs> track. Gonna uh, I'm going to play a track from Night Fox. Uh, this is Dangerous Combat by Night Fox. Love Night Fox.
And that was Night Fox with the track Dangerous Combat. Brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. We will never forget the immortal Chris Aliyah Lane. And then in the $11 Club, we got Atom Force, Sebastian Anti, Fraser Davidson. <laughs> you know, Patreon supporters keep the light on, man. Go to beyondsynth.com. Dot clom. Go to beyondsynth.com, you dumb fuck, and then click on the support the show button, all right? Dot clom. That's K-L-O-M internet. Um, now, what was I going to say? <laughs> oh, that's right. We're going to go chat with Color Theory. So here is um, a new segment we're going to be doing where uh, Color Theory and I talk about uh, music promotion and stuff. And I think we're tentatively calling it Promo Theory, but we don't have a theme song. So I'm just going to play that opening with that sound effect from from his track, uh, In Motion. That and that's going to be the, the theme song until further notice. So uh, here is uh, me chatting with Color Theory. All right, well, I'm here with Color Theory for a new segment called Promo Theory with Color Theory, Mr. Brian Hazard. Yeah, thank you for having me back. Yeah, yeah man, so this is fun. We should say, before we get into this, so the, the premise of this segment is that you have a blog we talked about it when you were on the show yeah before where you are sort of open about you test out different like websites and different ways of sort of doing music promotion and you just actually write your like honest experiences with them yep exactly yeah you see a lot of websites from people selling services that give you all sorts of advice but there are very few places you can turn to see like actual musicians trying stuff with their own music that you can hear and um and the ones that do they're either like really successful musicians already or somebody that really doesn't have any success and i'm kind of somewhere in between so i can you know i think it's practical for a lot of other musicians. When I surveyed my listeners about uh, episodes they liked, people mentioned that specifically, like they liked the sort of behind the scenes, candid sort of thing about promotion. Like they found that interesting, even though we cool. we didn't really talk about it too much. So then I thought, wouldn't that be a cool idea to have a segment where we basically just steal all the stuff that you do on your blog? Yeah, why? Yes, it would be, but in audio form where you can actually like tell the story from the first person perspective i thought you wanted me to just read the post i got i got it right here yeah no do that but they do with a robot <laughs> voice so like you just have to be there to trigger like apple dictate or whatever the right do they still have that there is something built in because so you know the adjustments album on headphones i have a computer voice and uh that was that was just my mac i think it's called alex is the voice's name oh I that's right because i meant i think a few months ago I must. I was talking to somebody about that because I was annoyed that I couldn't find a proper Stephen Hawking voice. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that. Yeah, and I still can't. The closest I've come to finding Stephen Hawking voice is doing an impression of it and then affecting the audio. Hmm. So like in Logic, like turning up a bunch of those like vocal transformers to like sound like a robot and then doing the like hello what are you doing today like talking like <laughs> that and I'm like that to me sounds more like it than when I actually use speech synthesis. Yeah. Yeah, it's just not practical. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we get into this, we'll do a little bit of promo just to say that you did come out with an album after we talked. Yes, I did. And it was sort of a collection of singles, although some of them were reworked. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that was something at, at one point I 
thought I would talk about, but the experiment is just getting started is now that releases are pretty much all digital. I just did a full do over on all those singles, right? So I, I released a bunch of singles over the year. But then when I played it all together, it just didn't feel like an album. Like it felt like, okay, should I dump a couple songs and call it an EP or it wasn't working for me. So I, I went back and I just basically reworked all the songs. I mean, some were scrapped completely and re-recorded from scratch with new arrangements and others, you know, maybe just got new vocals. Everything got new vocals. So that way the vocals were all recorded in just a few week period. And mm. so it, it's more cohesive, but that's something, you know, we couldn't have done before because once the CD is out, it was out. But since there's no CD, yeah, I just, I just kind of redid it. And I, I would love to kind of remove the old versions from Spotify and stuff, but they're, they're on playlists. And so that's, a little tricky. Can you rename them? Like on YouTube, I went back for the songs and just in brackets and go like single yeah. version or whatever. That's exactly what I did. Single version. And on um, SoundCloud, if you have a pro account or up, you can actually just replace the audio file. Mm-hmm. So that way you don't lose your play counts. Do you lose comments though? Cause I've never actually done that. No, 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 not on SoundCloud. You but it has to be it. the exact same length, right? Like it has uh, to. I don't know. I don't know about that. Because it wouldn't make sense if you could put like a half an hour thing where there was a two hour thing and retain the comments at the two hour section. Wouldn't really make sense. That's that's one for the listeners. I don't know. I haven't I haven't tried that. I mean, there's always an option in my future that there's going to be issues with this show. Yeah. Copyright issues. And so far, I've only had one, and it was on YouTube, right? And no one really listens to the YouTube ones, but I put them there anyways, just so they're there. Yeah. If SoundCloud goes down you know like the show is exists in a different place but i played a track by uh, a french group these ladies called marshaw yep yeah and that episode had a fucking copyright strike from the uh, and even though i messaged one of them i don't know which one like on facebook like i always ask permission to play people's music and and she was like yeah it's cool you can play it but i mean you know if if the fucking label doesn't like you playing their music and so it got a copyright violation i appealed it and said, I've got like a screenshot that where she gave me permission, but you know, it means nothing if, it, if the label supersedes that. And they they upheld it. Yep. So now like there's an episode where I throw to a song on YouTube and it just goes blank for three minutes. Oh, okay. Well, that's better than just having the uh, the whole thing removed. Yeah, that, well, yeah, that's, I, I had to do that or else they wouldn't let it on YouTube. Like, so I, I, I had to pull the trigger on pressing the button that says remove this audio so there is a possibility as the show goes on as the years go on and as digital rights stuff and the the ai becomes more sophisticated that more and more of my episodes are going to be like flagged and blanked out and yeah like that northern lights episode with the weekend vocal sample that you were just playing yeah that's not i mean that won't be on youtube for months and months and months yeah i haven't even processed the next batch of youtube episodes so we'll see we'll see what happens because i said i would only play a quick sample and ended up playing like a 40 second sample and that is too much yeah um anyway whatever how about this though yeah we're gonna get into this segment proper but uh, let's listen to uh a song from the new cool. album just just so people know what we're talking about so this is from the album uh, the majesty of our broken past which is a lyric from one of the songs and uh and this was one i did not play this on this show before but i liked it and it was called the future you is forever uh, the album version i think you actually really did improve the song you changed uh, some of the vocal stuff and you added a female vocal backup thing in there that i think works really well and is cool and this song is called the future you is forever by color theory
The Future You Is Forever by Color Theory. And uh, that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. Mads Baron Christensen, Rachel Buchelman, Tristan Waits, and Sarah Buchelman. And I'm here with Color Theory right now. We're doing a new segment where Color Theory is here. Mr. Brian Hazard talks about some music promo stuff. So let's actually do some of that. Let's do that. Yeah. So what what's the topic du jour? I, I thought we'd start with something that uh, I get asked about all the time. And you may have some experience with. Have you ever run any Facebook ads? Once. And do you have any luck with that? I didn't analyze the analytics of it. I just paid the 20 bucks. And then when it ran out, I said, okay. And I I I didn't establish whether or not it helped me in any way. The guy who helps me with digital marketing stuff, I think he's going to run a Facebook campaign uh, at some point. Gotcha. Like at some point in the next few weeks, I'm going to film an actual like promo for Beyond Synth because I've never really done that. Yeah. You know, like a fucking 40 second video that sort of like explains what Beyond Synth is. That's perfect. Which I've never done. So it's, it's you know, it's hard for me to be concise. Uh, so that's a problem. Like, to, so like, how do I sum this up in 40 seconds, but also let the audience know that it's kind of mostly a talk show, but there's music, but the sense of humor is yeah. kind of silly and, and it's and it also is, is mature rated and, and whatever. Anyway, there's an option too to have it shown in stream, but then it has to be 15 seconds or less. I don't know if you can edit one down for that. No, I couldn't. I there's yeah. I can't do anything in 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even say hello properly. Like I'll fucking stammer all over it. Right, right, right. Well, and that and that's okay. You can do the longer one too, and sometimes long video works well. Um, but so yeah, so I think you did what most people do, which is, you know, you can only promote through your page and you normally would do what's called a promoted post, which is you just boost the post right on your page because yeah. it tells you to. It says, yes, this post is performing better than, you know, anything. Yeah. Which they always say. And, and they always get mad at me because, you know, my cover art for the Beyond Synth podcast has too many words. Yeah. So if you have a still image that has words on right. it, they don't like that. And then they get mad at you. It's like, like well, I don't... They, that's what's fucking frustrating. It says like, boost this post. It's doing real good. I'm like, okay, we can't boost this fucking post. There's too <laughs> yeah, many words. I'm like, what the text, fuck yeah. you tell me to then, assholes? Like, <laughs> exactly. I didn't ask for this. Anyway, go on. 
Well, yeah, exactly. Okay, so assuming you can get past that, you're right. That is super frustrating. But okay, so most people do that. They will boost the post to people who like their page. And that is a bad thing to do. And so that's what I figured at least we would get that out of the way, save people from the biggest, you know, Facebook ads faux pas Mm. that they're going to do. So it's much better to go into the ads manager and you can set up custom groups. So you can set up a group like the people that respond best to my ads are number one page engagers. So it actually, instead of people that liked my page, they may have liked my page, you know, eight years ago. This way I can target people who maybe have commented on stuff and you can set like, okay, every 30 days, this group of people constantly refreshes. Over the last 30 days, how many people have engaged with my page? Well, I can target them directly. And I don't know if you're familiar with Facebook Pixel, but it's basically code you put on your website and then you can target people who visit your website. And again, it could be in the last like 30 days. So... Those people are a lot more likely to click through to whatever it is you want them to click through to than just generic people who like your page. Because people like your page a lot of times because you ask them to, right? Like right. Facebook tells you, like ask your friend, you know. So mm. yeah, so that would be my top thing. And and another one is video views. So if you do that first video ad, then if you follow it up a month later with another video ad, you can say, well, I want to show this new ad to everybody who watched at least 50% of my last video. So it's very specific targeting. You know those people are engaged because they engaged with your content already. Right. Yeah. So one other point of clarification is if you don't already have people who've engaged with your content and you're starting cold, you might want to just target Synthwave, right? That would be kind of the obvious thing. Okay, people interested in Synthwave. Mm. But what you find out right away is that is a very small group, at least in Facebook's estimation. Sure. So you can't target them. It'll say it's your targeting is too narrow. You can't put out an ad on that group. So actually, I I just spoke with uh, Aaron of Vilingo about this because I was running some ads and he made some suggestions. So you'd think, okay, I'll just type in big synthwave bands and that'll work. Like, okay, the midnight. Well, they don't come up. It's so weird. Like a lot of the biggest bands, you can't target fans of those bands. But Kung Fury, Tesla Boy, Future Cop, those three come up for whatever reason. Right. So th- those are a good fit. And then if you want to be really broad, you can target fans of the Drive movie, but then that that might be a little too much. Right, right, right. Yeah, so that's that's kind of my piece on that. So I would just say, don't ever, you know, just boost your post to people who like your page. Get those, if they're called custom audiences. You want to get those set up, make sure that you're, you're hitting people who engage with your page, who engage with your website, if you have a website. And this is not... To clarify, like, does this pop up when you try and boost a post or do you have to do you have to make a specific post that you know is going to be something you're going to like a Facebook ad? Like, is that a different thing than a boosted post? It's different in the sense that you can't set up these custom audiences right from your page. You need to go into the ads manager, which maybe you've never seen the ads interface for Facebook. There's a link in there to custom audiences and you set it up in there. It's kind of intimidating. Like there's all these charts and graphs and Mm. acronyms and, you know, but I know enough to get around. And I think at least setting up those custom audiences isn't too bad. And once they're set up, you can just boost a post from your page and then change it so that it's not targeting page likes, but instead targeting those custom groups. So once it's set up, you don't always have to check the ads manager. But then again, you do want to go in and kind of monitor the ongoing progress. And if it turns out you're paying 50 cents a click, that's probably too much and and you might want to adjust your targeting. So anyway, you you probably 
end up having to get to know Ads Manager one way or the other. Well, you know what I'd like to get to know? Some more music, and then maybe we'll uh, talk for a few more minutes, and then we'll wrap up. So... Here is a cool track by Octal Drive uh, from the album Anti-Meridium, and this is Wrong Turn. That was Wrong Turn by Octal Drive. 
And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Andrew Benson, Robert Wolf, Kempson Games, Justin Armour, and The Patch Bay. And I should point out that The Patch Bay has had a facelift. So go check out the patchbay.co.uk, which is a cool place to uh, get patches and... Uh, help with your uh, music production. There's lots of cool artists on there who have supplied their uh, presets and stuff to help, uh, you know, help you make cool music. So go check that out. And I am back here with Color Theory for our first ever promo theory and we're talking about Facebook advertising and stuff. So my question is, is this, is Facebook advertising something you have like a regular budget for or is it something you just do randomly? So I did. So with all those singles, you know, with Patreon, I was releasing a single every month and then patrons got it first and then I was releasing the single out into the wild and trying to get a routine down. So that was part of the routine. I did do it every month I have an article on passive promotion, how to promote your music with Facebook ads that kind of talks through that and talks about some of the the better results I got. The best I got was I think down to about 16 cents per click, getting people to click off to the site, to one of those other sites that they can select where they want to hear the song, Spotify, YouTube, whatever. Mm -hmm. So 16 cents a click was my top thing. But, you know, it's not all about clicks too. If if you just want to build... Awareness. I mean, that's a legit way to go too. It's a super complicated topic, but if I guess as long as you're just not boosting your post to page likes, you can build off your experience and, and learn what works through trial and error. Well, look, thanks for the tips. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I'm going to end this segment. Thanks good. for the yeah, tips. That, that's, good. that's nice and concise and relatively <laughs> by its size. But look, man, I hope you have a lovely uh, week or two. I don't know how often we're going to be doing this. I'll say I'll say week or two, and then maybe you'll be back in a week or two, right? And then we'll we'll do some more. How about that? Sounds good to me. Anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, man. See you later, buddy. Cool. See ya. And that was my conversation with Color Theory. So that was uh, promo theory for this episode. Uh, And that segment was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $10 Club, Blake Peterson, Martin Larby. I just saw a picture of him with uh, John Carpenter, who just does not look impressed to be taking photos with people. I saw that too. I know. (laughs) I I was like... (laughs) Just he's just they might as well just have a fucking cardboard cutout of that guy. Who else? And uh, Digital Dreams, Trevor Resnick, and Polly Digital. Thank you guys for supporting Beyond Synth. Were we in the middle of something before I started talking to Color Theory? I don't think so. Oh uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> God, I'm the worst. No, I really don't think so. Um, I was joking about the idea of someone complaining and ups- unsubscribing to the show because you made a flub, and then I said I got one of those the other day where someone said. Says they're unsubscribing, but they clearly never subscribed in the first place. For what? Making a mistake? Or? No, for talking too much. So, like, the. Ah! Oh. <laughs> you talked. I think I saw that comment. I was like, what the fuck? I love when people do it. Just like, what's with all the talking? Unsubscribed. I'm like, you never subscribed in the first place. Is that what people do? Like, they find new shows and instantly subscribe and then listen to it and go, wait a second, I hate this. And then they have to tell you that they've unsubscribed. <laughs> just like, all right, thanks, bud. I'm going to change the whole format of the show for you, even though you. You don't actually listen to it. And the best one I used to love is I used to get all the time, oh, 
would it be possible to put timestamps on uh, for each track and everything oh, yeah. on your shows? I'm like, it, like you got to be fucking kidding me. I've just worked all weekend to get this together for a Sunday, and then I finally uploaded it, and I'm going to go to work on a Monday morning. I've hardly slept, and, and uh, you want me to put timestamps in there because you can't be bothered. to Anyway, it's just, sorry. Oh, I'm yeah, no, it's fucking... It's, it's, it's <laughs> do you get people so asking about timestamps on your thing or not? Not really. Uh, no, I do. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I already put in a full work week (laughs) into making this program. And then there's always people just go like, hey, could you do this thing that's going to take you an extra few hours? I'm like, yes. I don't know where this time is coming from. (laughs) Unless you want to like donate to the show so I can purchase some sort of time traveling device, go back in time and kill Sarah Connor, (laughs) and then somehow manage to uh, put timestamps and everything. It's not only that, it's also to put a big playlist in so they know, like, because you know, I put the artist yeah, links. Yeah, that's the other thing. I've seen people comment about that too. Oh, does anybody know? Is there like, I just want to know all the songs Andy's played for each show. Like, is there somewhere? I'm like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> now, the, the, the joke is there is technically a thing. Like, there is a document that exists that, that Fraser Davidson yeah. provides, but uh, that's just mine. Because um, yeah. there's so much. And then the, the problem is sometimes links change and stuff. Like, when people always go like, is link mm. to the song? There's always this like, song link? And it's like, dude, just go to the artist page. Like, you'll find the song. Yeah. Like, they're, they're, I'm yeah. mostly playing stuff from their most recent releases, and so they're there. But also, sometimes links change, right? I mean, there's been a lot of artists yeah. who their their Bandcamp address is different than when they first started, or their Twitter changed and stuff. And then people will, like, message me like, hey, this is a dead link. I'm like, okay, then don't <laughs> click on it. <laughs> like, dummy, like, do what some, the... <laughs> do like, some research, for Christ's sake. I love, yeah. I love when people do just like, hey, man, this link doesn't work. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for letting me know. I was really worried about that. Yeah, man. <laughs> this show is going to completely fall apart knowing that that fucking artist who hasn't made Synthwave in like fucking five years Twitter is no longer valid. Like, anyway, I'm going to go chat with Florence about Star Trek. Are you happy about that? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'm happy to just listen in and not say anything. Yeah. Well, uh, well how about this? <laughs> I'll take a, I'll, I'll, I'll record uh, reactions with you afterwards and then just dub them in. So in the middle of conversation, you just hear you in the background just like, actually, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I'll be like, no bloody way. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, we'll do a few. Okay, sounds good. You, you want to do that? Is that not too much work for you? <laughs> <laughs> do you have another song? I do have another one, indeed. Just an artist that I just found out uh, recently, Abelard. He has got a new album out. It's available at abelard.bandcamp.com. It comes highly recommended. It's got some real authentic 80s sounds in there. And the track I want to play off the awesome album is Skype Rendezvous. All right, well, this is Skype Rendezvous by Abelard.
All right, that was Abelard with the track Skype Rendezvous. I hope we are saying that correctly. That is Marco's third pick of the week. I should mention that it says Skype Rendezvous, but there's a space between every letter, vaporwave style. And, yeah. and that's a cool track. So how about this? You sit tight. I'm going to go chat with Florence about Star Trek. So this is going to be part one of the Florence segment because we, we actually talked about Star Trek for a long time, and I'm going to have to break it up over the next few episodes. So uh, enjoy. This is Star Trek with Florence. All right, well, we're here with Florence. Hi, Florence. Hey, Andy. How's it How's going? It going? <laughs> oh, Jinx. We we tried. Yeah. <laughs> is, that how, is that how Jinx works? <laughs> it just sort of sigh. We tried. <laughs> well, isn't someone supposed to not talk for... A certain amount of time until you are unjinxed. No, I think you owe me a beer. Oh. Jinx, you owe me a beer. That's the adult way to do it. I'm an adult. <laughs> I like that better, a lot better than when I was little and like I wasn't allowed to speak until someone like unjinxed you. Mm. Anyway. Well, um, buy me a beer. Great, I'll do that. Get your passport. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I've been teasing this for a while because you got me to watch some Star Treks, The Next Generation. I just called it Star yes. Treks. I did. <laughs> That'll make the fans of Star Trek happy. You know them Star Treks. <laughs> so I did watch them. I also watched a few extras as some extracurricular activity because uh, this dude named Anthony like kept messaging me. He's like, oh, you got to watch this one, though, and then watch this one. The nerds get excited uh, when they know you're watching their thing. Yeah, I think he might have saved you from a couple ones because I think he told you to watch one that gave you a little more context. For yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the, the, the context was important to him. It's one of the reasons why, you know, even though Doctor Who is like my favorite show, it's one of the reasons why I just don't, I, I don't think anyone needs to watch it. Like, it's a hard show for me to recommend to people because it's just so weird, but there's so much context because the show just went on for like 50 years and it just sort of, it all sort of runs into each other. This is, this is why when I start on something like Star Trek, I have to watch everything because mm-hmm. I started with the original series and now I'm like over a year into this and I've watched... I forgot how many episodes I figured it out, but it's like it's over 200 something episodes that I've watched so far. It's a lot. (laughs) And you're it's also, ridiculous. you're watching the movies, like, chronologically, yeah. right? Where you're trying yeah, to go... Yeah, watching the movies. Yeah. And I just started Deep Space Nine, too, which is the next series after Next Generation. But we're not going to get into that. Okay. But, um... I've seen, I think I've seen the first, like, ten minutes of Deep Space Nine, just because I was curious one day. Because mm-hmm. Picard's in that, right? In the first episode? Yeah, well, it actually, it really annoyed me, because what I've been trying to do is, I've been trying to watch everything in... Um, order of release date because it started in the middle of season six for next generation and i i was totally like enraptured in next generation and i Mm. just forgot to start deep space nine so i now i'm finding myself like shit i have to go backwards in time sort of and it you don't it doesn't have to happen that way like you can just watch it whenever because it's it's easy to catch on like what's going on but I just I wanted that experience and I failed. It's cool though. Does Deep Space Nine the one with with Odo? Yes. I don't like the way he looks either. My one complaint. Well, we'll get into it, okay? Because I watch the Star Trek, you know, and I do. I, I enjoy it. All right, like I think the show is good. The thing that always bothered me about Star Trek that still does bother me about Star Trek is I don't like the look of the aliens. Like a lot of the alien appearances bother me. 
they're always sort of humanoid with like this species has weird folded over ears and this species has like a nose with like two lines in it and and they're always things like that it's funny because it's kind of almost like the uncanny valley because most of the aliens in star trek are very human like but there's always mm. like something weird about them they have like little ridges on their nose and that's the only difference and they all have like five fingers and feet and it's I, I totally understand. It's very disturbing sometimes. For my particular, like, tastes, I find them off-putting. So it's not just that, you know, I have an issue with the makeup or whatever. It's like I, f- I just don't like looking at them. Mm-hmm. And while they're on screen, like, sometimes there's... I mean, we'll get into it with, with later episodes. Like, there's just some I just hate the way that they look. Yeah. And they bother me. Ferengi's is like my go-to example like they just they just have these fucking giant ears and like ass for a forehead like it's just it's so frustrating to look at to top it off like the few episodes i've seen with a ferengi character like they're also kind of annoying like sleazy salesman type characters yeah so they're also annoying characters as well so like it's like it i don't know i just find them really a frustrating species that's just the point andy no i I guess if it's the point then they're succeeding but they're succeeding too well yeah because i find them annoying to look at (laughs) i mean because we'll 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 start getting into the show but you know as people who listen to the show know like i'm a doctor who guy and one of the things that i always saw is the difference between the shows that star trek is a more sort of militaristic operation not that they're a military operation but that you know commander lieutenant you know ensign all this stuff you know they've got their uniforms and and whereas doctor who is a more freewheeling it's just a guy who's left his planet and he just goes on adventures Mm-hmm. And I always sort of preferred that aspect, like the sort of lone adventurer who's sort of like making his own rules. But lately, I did find it sort of compelling watching this show, the idea that there's just like this team of all these sort of different races and and aliens and species and all these things like working together, you know, like and that it's not a thing. I guess because I'm yeah. so fed up lately with identity politics stuff. Oh, totally. Now, Gene Roddenberry's vision of the future is so awesome because it's like this team of people who know their jobs, they do their jobs well, they figured out, they have figured out all their shit mm-hmm. beforehand they got that done and now they're going off to discover new worlds and study new people and new races and planets and it's a really cool idea of the future because it's like maybe we can do this maybe we can actually figure out all of this fucking drama shit that's going on you know so i think this has been the perfect time for me to actually start watching star trek it's super relevant and i mean like it started in the 80s but it it really really holds up when i was watching it like i had shunned star trek for years because i was always a star wars fan but the cool thing about star trek now like watching it as an adult like i understand these themes better because Mm -hmm. i can relate to them and i'm like cool okay because i feel like if i had started watching it when i was younger i just wouldn't have understood it right at all it just would have gone on over my head i'm like there's no action nothing exciting is happening but there's a lot more deeper deeper things that they get into yeah 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 well how about this let's listen to a song and then when we come back we'll start going through uh, star trek the next generation all right let's do it so here's a cool one from fury weekend from the album retro rangers and this is the vanishing
All right, that was Fury Weekend with the track The Vanishing from the album Retro Rangers. And remember, you can find all the artist links in the show notes if you're listening on SoundCloud. Just click the More Info button. And if you're listening to the show on YouTube, which nobody does, but if you are one of those eight people, uh, just click on the, the Info button there, and you can have all the links to all the artists I feature on the show. And now we're back. We're doing a Star Trek segment review thing with Florence. So you gave me a list of episodes of Star Trek to watch. Yes, I did. I watched them. I watched a few on on my own accord just because the image on Netflix was so stupid that I had to see it. (laughs) We'll get to that. And I just thought it's probably a good idea for me to watch the pilot just to understand. Right. So the first one I watched was uh, season one, episode one, Encounter at Farpoint. Yes. I think this is true. The episodes that are on Netflix now are the HD like enhanced ones I think oh they are because when I started watching Deep Space Nine I was like why does this look so shitty yeah <laughs> and then I realized oh yes they went back and uh, and did something to next gen which was nice and that definitely helps like um, mm-hmm. they're staying true to what the ideas were because I know like in this one anyways there's it begins and like the Enterprise gets like blocked at some weird like digital chain mail force field in the sky thing yes that's like kind of waving around and then Q shows up, which surprised me because, you know, Star Trek fans are always talking about Q and the Borg. Ironically, all the episodes you told me to watch didn't involve Q or the Borg. Well, I mean, Um, at least with the Borg, if you're going to go back and watch more, like you have to watch, you have to see kind of like all the Borg episodes at once because the Borg is kind of like, it's just a storyline that you need to watch all of it. Mm. And I wanted to make sure that you had a good kind of like good variety of episodes. Yeah, I think moving forward, when I feel like watching some more, I'm probably just going to go on Wikipedia and just watch Q and Borg ones, like, in order. Mm-hmm. But I did watch one, which conveniently was both, right? Because I watched an episode from yes. season two that was both a Q and a Borg episode, the first Borg episode. Mm-hmm. So that that got me primed, yes. at least. Yeah. So this one was, uh, you know, like, it was interesting. Like, uh, it introduces Q, which surprised me, like I said, because he, he's there right at the beginning. Like, that actor kind of bugs me a bit. Is he in anything else? I mean, I'm sure he is. I thought that I recognized him, but... I couldn't place it. Something about his lips bugged me. But I loved, like, the ridiculous costumes they kept putting Q in. Mm -hmm. There's this part where he keeps um, changing costumes when he's, like, talking to them. Yep. And then the last one looked like this weird snowsuit made of oven mitts. Because he's like, he's trying to prove a point that like, even when humans think they're civilized, there's still some savagery. And he's like, what about some war when you guys were always injecting drugs into your soldiers? Apparently it was like a military uniform. It looked like it was made of oven mitts. Yeah. And like, so I was like, oh, that's a weird thing. And then right at the beginning, they separated the fucking disc from the, the main thing of the ship. Mm-hmm. So that was weird. I didn't I didn't know that was a thing that could be done. Yep, that is a thing. Do they ever do that again? Once or twice or something. It doesn't mm. happen very often. And then like Picard makes Riker put them together manually again to prove his worth, right? Exactly. Yeah, for no other reason. That's cuz they, they they just met. That was exciting. Then they got teleported and then fucking Shang Tsung was there. Q teleported them to put them on trial and he's got like this big floating chair and then fucking Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat movie was there. Your soul is mine. No! Fatality. There was a dwarf with him, or a little person, who had like a Fu Manchu mustache, but he's like a white guy. <laughs> and then he has the bell that he does to use like his entire body to ring. Yeah. <laughs> And then fucking Q shows up again, and he looked like Grace Jones. He had, like, this giant red <laughs> outfit. 
with big shoulders and then this hat that was like this it looked like Grace Jones flat top haircut but like the hat <laughs> version of it that's exactly what he looked like <laughs> and then Q wore that for the rest of the show he kept showing up and like I was just like what like what were the costume designers thinking here like first of all I just gotta say this too Riker looks really fucking weird without facial hair. Yeah, he looks like a baby. And he's got big bug eyes. There was lots of shots in the pilot where they would just do these cutaways to Riker. And it was almost like he was not looking quite in the right direction or something. <laughs> he, he almost has like a Homer Simpson face or something, like the shape of his face. Yeah, he, it's, it's definitely weird. He looks like a normal person with a beard. But without it, I found him really distracting to look at. <laughs> And also, what the fuck was up with the Bones cameo? Like, there's this part where for no reason Data is just walking with fucking what's-his-face who played Bones from the original series. Oh, that's who, just fan service. But why I'm was assuming. he there? Like, it's just, they just cut back to him for no reason, and he's in this insane-looking old man makeup. <laughs> And then Data's just walking them down, and they're just like, oh, what's going on? Where's Data? Like, they're in the middle of a thing where Q is literally telling them, "You're gonna, I'm going to fucking destroy you guys. And it, there's this looming threat that's really serious, but then it's just like, where's Data? <laughs> He's got to transport an old friend. And then it just cuts to him, like, in a hallway walking with fucking bones in this crazy old man makeup. I'm like, what? Like... That Q just, like, issued some crazy ultimatum. Like, why Why are we doing a cutaway to some old man? I mean, I know it's not some old man, but, you know. Yeah, no, it was really random, and it had nothing to do with anything. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, hey, let's... But, I mean, it was the first episode, so I guess they they wanted to be like, yeah, let's bring back some original series shit so uh, we can get everyone to watch it. And I also like that when Riker does one of those, because, like, the first story of Star Trek, when Riker first meets Data, mm-hmm. and he gets this really cheesy, like, it's gonna be real interesting working with you like there's like a scene like that you know <laughs> it's so stupid that's like all right yeah. you're going to be an interesting companion mr data my only other observation is that fucking wesley sucks <laughs> i don't know how old he is um, during this show but he's like 20 and acting like he's 10 like yeah I don't, it's I don't like know. they're getting him to act like a young boy but he's not a young boy like he's all this wide-eyed like eager idiot and i don't know i didn't care for him but it's fine because he eventually goes away how about this well let's uh let's listen to a song and then we'll move on yes let's do it we'll talk about uh, the next show and uh for anyone who cares it turned out to be some big giant space jellyfish all right so let's we'll listen to a song now <laughs> spoiler <laughs> All right, man, this is uh, this is Night Run 87 from the album Night Wolf, Survive the Megadome, and this track is called Leftover Love featuring Atien. I hope that's how you say that.
All right, and that was Night Run 87 with the track Leftover Love featuring Atian. Uh, A-T-I-A-N. I hope that's how you say that. If not, man, message me, and I will issue a correction and a formal apology. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, Knight of Ducks, and then there's Assie Dre, and those 777 fools, the Rosconian, and Skywolf. Thank you for supporting Beyond Synth. And we're back reviewing a Star Trek. For people who don't know, this is like, as of a few weeks ago, it's like the first time I've actually watched full-length Next Generation episodes in my life. And then the next one, you also didn't tell me to watch. Yeah. But this was the one I knew about, so you and I spoke privately. Exactly. And this is why I told you, because I figured you you knew what happens at the end of this, so I was like, eh, he doesn't need to watch it. What I told you was... Like I said, here's what I know about Star Trek. I know Captain Picard. I know Riker. I know there's a guy called Jordy LaForge that has the headband glasses thing because he's blind. I knew uh, the Klingons and Worf. I knew that there's a thing called the Borg. I know that there is a guy called Q that the fans really like. I know the word Locutus, but I don't know why. And I know that there's an episode early on where a chick with short blonde hair who's part of the crew gets killed, like, mid-episode, and they actually kill her character off, like, mid-episode. So these are, these are, that's what I knew about Star Trek before I watched it. Mm -hmm. So then I watched episode uh, 22 of season one called Skin of Evil, and this is the episode where Tasha Yar, so they, they kill her off 20 minutes into the show, and then she's just dead. Yeah. I was really mad because I really like Tasha. She's the she's like this awesome character who's like she's super cool and she looks neat. She's got like the really cool 80s look mm-hmm. to her. She was awesome. And so I was really mad that they killed her off. And I didn't even know that they killed her off. I was like because I knew virtually nothing about Star Trek before yeah. before I started watching. But we'll find out that it's fine because maybe she comes back. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, in this <laughs> So in this one, Riker still doesn't have a beard. Yep, still the first season. He doesn't grow the beard until Stardate uh, (laughs) 4-2, blah, blah, blah. So there's some weird black goo monster in this one. The whole episode pretty much takes place on a little tiny alien planet set. Yes. So there's this black goo monster, and then he just kind of shoots a weird laser at Yara, and she just kind of gets flipped, and then she's dead. Yeah, and she has a weird, like, stain on her face. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it looked like it was just marker. Like, some kid came up, (laughs) and they said, like, draw, like, a blob on her face. Yeah, draw, like, an amoeba blob-looking thing. (laughs) And then uh, there wasn't really much fanfare. And yeah, she had a blob drawn on her face, looked like purple marker. (laughs) And then this blob character had a really silly voice. He talked like a whiny old man with a kind of gurgly voice. I'm Commander William Riker of the USS Enterprise. I am Armas. Why are you here? We mean you no harm. We have injured crewmen. In the shuttlecraft, we need to get to them. May we pass. (laughs) You haven't given me a good enough reason. Preserving life, all life, is very important to us. Why? There was one cool shot, though, is when Riker gets absorbed. Oh, yeah. And then he kind of comes out of the the goo, like the black goo, where you just see, like, the imprint of his face. And apparently, like, the, like, he, Jonathan Fricks actually did that. Like, that was actually him. Because that looked cool. Like, that was actually, like, yeah. well, that's a creepy sort of effect. You know who the goo monster sounded like? Dexter Jetster from... 
fucking episode <laughs> two. I hate that character so much. He's the worst. That's why he sucked. Yeah. Every time we bring um, him okay, up, so you always have to do the how big your pocketbook is. Cloners, are they friendly? Oh, it depends. Depends on what decks. On how good your manners are. How big your pocketbook is. I mean, I need to watch more episodes because obviously the ones that I focused on, certain characters didn't play a huge role. So like Troy, for example, didn't really play a big role in many of the episode I watched. Just a heads up, the Deanna episodes are really fucking weird. Unless her mom is in it because her mom makes appearances and her mom's pretty hilarious and great. Actually, her mom is played by Michelle Barrett, who was um, who's the voice of the Enterprise computer and was also Nurse Chapel in the original series and was also trivia. I know. No, she was number one in the pilot of the original series. And she was also married to Gene Roddenberry. So, I mean, it makes sense that she's like in everything. So I don't fully grasp Troy's character other than she seems to cry a lot. Like every episode (laughs) I seem to have with her like big betazoid eyes. Yeah. Like it seems like Troy's whole character is to be like, I feel great pain. And then she starts crying. Like every show I see with her, that's her thing she does. She just feels pain and cries. In the first season, the thing was that she would kind of take on the emotions of other people. So if someone was sad, she would be sad. That doesn't happen as much as the series goes on. She just kind of reports like, oh, wow, like I feel like that person is really sad over there. It doesn't happen as intensely as it did in the first season. And when I went back, because I rewatched most of these episodes that I told you to watch and I noticed that I was like oh yeah she's she wasn't that emotional like further into the series so and then Wesley has this shitty rainbow shirt (laughs) so like on top of being like annoying character like they dress him like an asshole (laughs) and then for some reason Yar recorded a eulogy for herself (laughs) this is the part that I was just like what the fuck like (laughs) before she goes to her fucking karate tournament she like sits there and records like here's what I'm gonna say to everybody just in case I die like what (laughs) Because she literally, like, it's a hologram of her saying goodbye to all the people who conveniently showed up to her funeral. <laughs> yep. I've thought about doing that before, but I feel like I would need some sort of impetus. Like, if I got a diagnosis of uh, a terminal disease, then I would do that. Yeah. But I'm not sure I would do it randomly. Maybe she just figured that she was... Gonna die this episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this particular episode, she had a feeling. It's convenient. It was very convenient. I just felt this episode it was a complete, like, anti climax. It's a terrible ending to her character, which is why she comes back. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that. Let's fucking listen to some more music, though. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Alright, this is uh, Midnight Fighters with the track Neon City.
And that was Midnight Fighters with Neon City. Brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, fucking slunks, Will Lowe and Colin Bennett. Thank you guys for supporting Beyond Synth. Did you know that Colin Bennett is FM84? So you see, like, Synthwave royalty supports Beyond Synth, and uh, and you should too, because it's a good show. And now, uh... Hey, we're back. We're talking about Star Trek. We just talked about Yar getting killed and giving a eulogy for herself. (laughs) So the next episode I watched, this was one you told me to watch. This was Season 2, Episode 9, Measure of a Man, which I'm calling the iRobot episode. Why iRobot? Is that a thing that happens in iRobot? Well, the story, the iRobot, the story, and I mean, not the fucking Will Smith movie, but like, well, it's not totally iRobot, but iRobot is a court trial, like, and a robot's on trial for murder. Okay. And the story is like, can you try a robot for a human crime? I think that's what iRobot's about. Maybe my analogy's terrible. The premise of iRobot robot is is a robot a man kind of thing like and yeah, how do you how do you judge or whatever so that's pretty much exactly what this is although someone might message me and say like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about i robots about bling bling blah and i'll be like delete oh, um i robot that's not useful i robot what what i robot is a robot company i robot <laughs> vacuum cleaning <laughs> mopping and <laughs> outdoor maintenance okay here we go there's an imdb entry on this shit no 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 because Um, then you're gonna get the fucking will smith movie oh oh that's the will smith movie yeah it's loosely based on the book but they turned it into an action film well irobot is a vacuum cleaning company there's a there's an irobot hold on here irobot short story because i think it's isaac asimov i think hold on oh it's a short story okay sorry Got it. iRobot is a short story by Isaac Asimov. Oh, okay. It's a bunch of stories. Oh, okay. Several of the stories feature the character Dr. Kelvin, chief robo-psychologist. Robo-psychologist. Okay. Sure. Uh, the book contains the short story in which Asimov's three laws of robotics first appear, so that's a big deal, which had a large influence on later science fiction and had an impact on thought on ethics of artificial intelligence. God damn. Okay, I'm not reading this. So it's a bunch of short stories. Yeah, okay, okay. Maybe I'll look into that and read it. I do believe there was an Outer Limits episode that adapted iRobot, like in the 90s. And I feel like even Leonard Nimoy was a part of that. And I think that was the court trial one, is is where a robot kills somebody and then he goes on trial for the murder. But I don't remember if the robot actually did it or not. Anyway. Okay, let's talk about Star Trek, though. So... <laughs> <laughs> So this is the one that starts out and they're playing poker with Data. Oh my god, I love how Data like, they play poker in a lot of episodes and I love how Data always wears his like little visor, which is rain, like rainbowy and cute <laughs> and great. Who's that old blonde lady? Oh. I see her from time to time. Like, she doesn't seem like she's one of the main cast, but she's there a lot. That's Dr. Pulaski. So, in season two, sorry, I, I should have probably mentioned this to you. Season two, Beverly Crusher, like, goes off and does something. I don't know what happened to uh, Gates McFadden in the actor, but Gates McFadden was not in season two. So they brought in Dr. Pulaski. I didn't mind her. She was fine. But that's who that okay. is. She's the doctor for that season. Oh, right. Okay. So then literally she's not there afterwards? Yeah. She just disappears after after season two. Oh, they didn't like fucking give her the old Yara treatment? Dr. Crusher, report. She's dead. I mean, they could have done that with Tasha Yar. They could have just been like, oh, yeah, we'll transfer her to another another thing. But, I mean, then we wouldn't have had Yesterday's Enterprise, which is my favorite episode. Yeah, I totally agree. That was a great episode. 
Anyway, let's continue. They're playing poker. And then some dude in a blue shirt shows up and he wants to disassemble Data. I only noticed it in this episode, but maybe it's just a season thing. Because I noticed, like, as the seasons go on, the makeup sort of changes on certain characters. Like, Worf especially. Like, as I was just skipping through watching, like, one episode from this season, one episode from that season, Worf looks different. Worf's hairstyle is out of control every single season. It changes. He had short hair at the beginning and then like, I think the last season, yeah, he has like a bob. He has a fucking bob (laughs) for for his hairstyle. And then like finally like come season six and seven, I think he finally like has longer hair and he just keeps it in like a little ponytail, like a low ponytail. Yeah. And that's fine, but Worf's hairstyle is ridiculous. Because he looks he looks tinier in the first season. Yeah. But they all do. They change the outfits a bit. Because in the first season, like they really they look more like jumpsuits. And they zip up the front and then starting I think the third season, they like the senior uh, officers, they have like actual shirts and pants. Except I think the women have still have jumpsuits, but like the it zips up the back or something. Explain something to me then. Does the color of the uniforms mean anything? Because like there's some episodes where Data was in like a red one. Are you talking about Chain of Command? Am I? Yeah, you probably are because he was wearing a red one in Chain of Command because... I mean, we can get into this later, oh, but that's because he... Oh, but so, then, but Picard, I've seen Picard. He's normally in red, but then sometimes he has like kind of like a bluish purpley one. He has like this casual jacket thingy that he wears. Yeah. It's just like reserved, for, like only the captain can wear this. It's really weird. I don't know. But that was like, I think that started in like season three. And I was like, what is this weird casual like moto jacket that Picard is wearing. Yeah, because he would have like a red one and then it would have like a blue shirt underneath. They switched a couple things from like the original series to Next Generation. But in Next Generation, usually red is kind of like the command. Like if you're if you're in red, you have something to do with command. Did they do that? Do you think in direct response to the joke about classic Star Trek being that the red shirt is always the dude who gets killed? Maybe. Well, because in classic Star Trek, red was like engineering type of thing. Hmm. And yellow goldish was um that was command in original star trek right but so next generation red is command the yellow gold color is kind of engineering type of thing so that's why geordie has a yellow one right on and then blue is like a science or medical person that's how i understand it i didn't actually i didn't do my research on this nerds are gonna be mad at you oh i know (laughs) sorry guys hey Let's keep talking about this episode, but I want to listen to a song. Okay. So here is Mike Spawn featuring Northlock with the track The Last Ride.
Featuring Northlock with the track The Last Ride, and that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters Elias Garnier, Playmaker Media, Ashley Keegan, and Greg Smith. Uh, thank you guys for supporting the show. Don't forget you can support Beyond Synth by going to patreon.com slash beyond synth. And I'm back here with Florence, and uh, we're doing our Star Trek uh, review show, Next Generation. We're in the middle of talking about Measure of a Man mm-hmm. from Season 2. So, oh, that's what I was going to say, I, this whole thing, because I was talking about the makeup. And in this episode, there was a few close-ups of Data. Man, they've laid the makeup thick on this dude. It, like, it was, okay. it was in his eyebrows. His makeup is ridiculous, and you can tell because he obviously like has contacts in, and his eyes are always super red. <laughs> so there's that. He just like his skin. It's funny because like obviously like he's a robot, so he's not supposed to have like real looking skin or anything. But it just looks like they put a ton of highlighter makeup on mm. his skin. Just it's just everywhere. Well, it's very thick, and in this one especially, it was like in his eyebrows, <laughs> and I really noticed it. Like in the close-ups, it was like, well, they just full on just painted his whole head and like his eyebrows had like makeup in them. I don't know. I just found it distracting like whenever they did close-ups. Anyway, so Data, he's packing up. He's got his little blue cylinder suitcase. He has a little Yar hologram. 
Is that the first time we know that he has a Yar hologram? Do you want me to tell you why he has that? Because it's like kind of a spoiler from a previous episode. It's actually the second episode that this happens. That he has a little blue suitcase or that he has a Yar hologram? <laughs> no, he totally sleeps with Tasha. Oh, yeah, he mentioned that. He says it He says it in this episode, right? He it's says he, they were happens. intimate. Yeah, and it happens in the second episode where like everyone on the Enterprise goes crazy. Actually, that's a good episode. So, I mean, when you, when you go through all the other ones, You'll obviously get to that one. It's like the first one you're going to watch. Wait, so Data has boners? Sorry. I, I guess. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, they didn't go into complete detail, but like they make it clear that he's like anatomically correct. Okay. So he sleeps with Tasha. So they were like good friends, apparently. Mm. In Measure of a Man, that's the only time that ever comes back up. Okay. Well, he did say Tasha, it. Like they asked yes, him They asked him on the stand and he's like, we were intimates. And then there's a scene... That I laughed at where where Riker, he's looking at Data's technical schematics. Mm -hmm. And then on the screen, there's like this 3D animation, but it had like this really big head. (laughs) What I like about this one, and I don't know if this is ever learned in previous episodes before this, but that like Data full on just has an off switch. Yep. (laughs) Which is awesome. Like Riker's just like, I'll prove that he's a robot and he just fucking shuts him off. I'm like, what? Like, okay. Yeah. Because I think like nobody knew about it except like he told... Beverly, Dr. Crusher at some point and so she found out and so I think like only very few people knew that he had an off switch mm. but yes he has an off switch it's great so then what happens so then they, they make Picard and Riker go against each other in this trial and Riker has to fucking try hard even though he doesn't want to mm-hmm. and then Picard's kind of feeling defeated and then he uh, goes and has some coffee with Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> I'm so, you know what I didn't even know Whoopi Goldberg was in Star Trek at all and I was so excited when I made this discovery. I haven't uh, watched enough to understand her character. Mm-hmm. I mean, we learn a little bit more about her in some other episodes, but she just kind of like shows up. And they don't really ex- ever explain. And is she a bartender? Like, is that actually what she is? Yes. Like, she's a bartender, <laughs> but also has like weird space psychic powers. Like, is that? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. She does Deanna's job. Like, that's what Deanna Troy is supposed to do. Like, people go to Whoopi Goldberg and she fixes everything. Yeah. It's great. I mean, you do end up learning a little bit more about her character, but nothing super specific. Now tell me, Commander, what is Data? I don't understand. What is he? A machine. Is he? Are you sure? Yes. You see, he's met two of your three criteria for sentience, so what if he meets the third? Consciousness in even the smallest degree. What is he then? I don't know. Do you? Do you? And then they win the case, right? And then that sets a precedent. Yes, and they say that Data has the right to choose and that he's a sentient being. And that's uh, that obviously comes up in, in some other ones. And then Picard was happy, and then he invited the judge lady to dinner for some boning. <laughs> Because that old lady, like, they had a history, I guess, and he wasn't too fond of her. Yeah. I wrote her name, but then sp- it spell-checked me because I was taking my notes in Notepad. hmm And so on my screen it says her name is Philabar. That can't be correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What Wait, the fuck what was her is name? her name now? It um, says Philabar in my Notepad. Captain Philippa Louvois. Philippa. Not Philabar. <laughs> Fucking Philabar. 
I mean, I really, really like data, and I want. I wanted you to see like a data episode. There's some really ridiculous data episodes. Mm-hmm. He wants to become human, but like in his quest to become human, he he does become human, and he's even more human than most people at the end of the day. It's, so it's it's kind of adorable, and he you know his he's a likable character. I think that's what makes Wesley even more unnecessary. Yeah, because he's there as like young, uh, like optimistic guy character or whatever. But then it's like, well, data kind of does that too and he's you like him more because he's a robot and like i don't get wesley's point maybe the point was to bring in more younger watchers mm, that had to have backfired on them as a young child like i didn't want to watch star trek because it wasn't exciting like i didn't relate to the themes that were in it mm-hmm. so like how could i relate even if there's a kid in there like how could i relate to that like i don't want to be in wesley's position as a child because I'm not interested in being on that ship as a kid. When I was a kid, I related to adult characters, and I think that's important for kids to do. And a lot of mm-hmm. the stuff now, it's all geared towards kids, but, like, the heroes are kids. Mm-hmm. I just think there's something wrong with that. Like, I think kids should want to grow up to be an adult, yeah. and that should be exciting. And so the heroes should be adults. Like, that's because you're going to be one. I need to do a bit more research so I can discuss this point a bit more eloquently, but I just think that there's something about kids where the heroes are kids that I think is a problem, but I can't quite articulate why, but I just know it is. It feels wrong. There are some kids things that I still want to, from years ago, that I still want to go back and watch, but there's nothing that has a a kid character in it is interesting to me now. Hmm. So, I mean, I think it's also kind of like the adult mentality that we, we have today because it's not it's obviously not interesting to us but like it has the potential to be interesting if we could also relate to those characters you know like it should be fun for everybody I think it's for babies babies like they like to look up to like sort of older kids but I think at a certain age I think it's more important to have adult heroes and like all the stuff I liked as a kid man was adult like real Ghostbusters is my favorite cartoon as a kid adult Batman the animated series adult I don't think there's a single movie I like that's like this is one of my top films where the center character is a child yeah like i just don't like kids and stuff they annoy me there are very few very few movies that i can think of that had that i really really like that had kids as the main characters yeah i mean i'm sure i can think of some but i mean i don't know anyway look this uh this episode's running long man so we gotta go because okay. it's already uh, we're like half an hour over the the two hour mark so how about we just pick this up uh next week or the week after <laughs> works for me. Alright, so look um, we will talk more because we obviously have a lot of uh, shows to keep talking because we only got through the first like three. We're still in like season two so we've got a lot more to do so come back in the next few weeks and we will talk more Star Trek and uh, you have a lovely day. Yeah, you too. Alright, I'll talk to you soon. Make it so. Alright, and that was Florence catching up with Florence and we were talking about Star Trek. I don't know why I'm reminding you guys because you just heard it. <laughs> so that that was a good time. I'm halfway through watching Maniac on Netflix. It's like... How's that? Really good. Really good. Uh, no spoilers, please, in the chat because I'm only halfway through. Uh, I literally just watched like four episodes tonight. As soon as we get off this uh, conversation, I'm going to get right back to it. Mm. But uh, I highly recommend it. It's got like a... It's a real... Like, a, like an alternate universe. It's got like a retro future elements to it. So it's really cool. It's kind of very 80s in parts cool soundtrack and uh, it's really interesting i highly recommend that andy cool man well i i will watch it but how about this 
Let's go. Let's go. The episode is over. Yeah, we, this has been a long episode, so I'm gonna fucking. Okay, I'm gonna go. Sorry, man. Sorry. All right. All right. I get the message when I'm not wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but look, you have a fun week. Go finish Maniac, and maybe you can tell me uh, how it was by the time we record next week for the spooky Beyond Synth Halloween episode. Sounds good. Nice chatting with you, Andy. See you, everyone. See, now it's weird. See, I'm so used to you saying goodbye at the end of Keeping It 80s that when you say goodbye, but we're actually both saying goodbye right now. All right, well, should I change it up, or... Hmm. Do you want to just add something to the end, or do you want to say... What's, uh... How do people say goodbye? I don't know. Do you want to add your final bit at the end? All right, we'll see you next week. We've got this and this and this. So, I don't know. Do you want to just do your last <laughs> thing at the end or something? <laughs> I don't want to have the last word. you got to say something. I don't know. Hey, I want you to have the last word. That'll be fun. No. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. 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 It's your damn show, all right? All right, look. Uh, lovely chatting with you. Thanks for joining me in these wraparound segments. And uh, and we'll talk to you next week. And everyone out there listening in... in I was going to say radio land. doesn't work anymore, right? Internet land. That kind of sounds cool, though. Everyone out there in radio land, have a lovely weekend. And join us next week on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is alright I didn't need to say anything right that's fine (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day. Cool, all right, so that's that part done. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I think so. Maybe the gays and yank thing is a little awkward, but... Well, that's... <laughs> have you ever listened to this show? I have listened to the show. It's, it's par for the course. It's true. <laughs> <laughs>